Seeing Beyond is funded by Bonnie Colleen, its advertisers, some of the guests who receive promotional consideration, and by sale of products. Seeing Beyond, Bonnie Colleen, and the owners of this station are not responsible for the opinions or business practices of guests and sponsors. What you hear on Seeing Beyond is not a substitute for professional and medical advice. Seeing Beyond does not recommend a path for anyone to follow, but offers the opportunity for you to explore new ideas. Choose to work with the people and products that support your beliefs. We want always to respect your personal boundaries. This is Skywatch for Tuesday, June 24th. Tackle the hard jobs first thing. You won't be inclined to because the moon meets lazy Venus at 6.26 a.m. Tuesday morning. However, this is when most people will be in a good mood and therefore easier to deal with. Clear skies follow until sundown when caution lights come on. Mars lines up opposite unpredictable Uranus in the heavens early Wednesday morning, increasing the chances of accidents, arguments, and violence Tuesday night. A moon-Neptune square at 6.29 p.m. will likely add a touch of confusion and too much tequila to events Tuesday night. And Mercury is retrograde. Be cool, be safe. As times change, I'm Lance Ferguson. Good morning. Welcome to Seeing Beyond. I'm Bonnie Colleen, your host. The topic that we're going to be discussing today with a variety of guests is one that I think most people don't know much about, and it's called open adoption. Our guest this hour is really an expert in that. Her name is Susan Romer. She is the managing attorney of the law offices of Adams and Romer. It's a firm in San Francisco. They also have an office in Santa Rosa. And what they do is they limit their practice to adoption. They're a small firm that finalizes about 50 adoptions a year with the majority of work in newborn adoptive placements. And they also do step-parent, relative and domestic partner adoptions and international re-adopts. Susan Romer says the special and fun aspect of our firm is that we help birth parents and adoptive parents find each other. In facilitating this matching through an open adoption, the child will know that the biological parents took the care and time to make a loving decision to place the child and looked for just the right parents for that child. Susan, it's so good to have you here on the program. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Welcome. Thank you. It's very, very nice to be here, Bonnie. Well, we're going to really spell out some facts for people and let them know a lot about open adoption. I certainly didn't know much about it before I met you. But one of the main reasons I want you on today is because I think it's such a positive thing that you're doing, and I think that there is um, so much confusion about it. I know back in the day when I was in high school and college, things were entirely different, especially for the birth mother and especially for the child who was being placed because there was a lot of secrecy around it. There was a lot of mystery around it. Oftentimes there was a lot of shame around it. How have things changed in the past? uh, How many years has it been now? 30, 40 years since I graduated from high school? What has been wonderful is that there has been tremendous change from going to what we used to call a closed adoption to what we now call open. And by open, I mean that it is the birth mother 
or and birth father if he's involved who choose the adopting parents. In turn, the adopting parents have to feel comfortable that this will be the right baby for them. But it is no longer an agency social worker or a lawyer or a doctor who says this baby will go to a particular family. And so it is the mom usually who meets the families either first on the phone uh, through a letter they write, and often in person before the birth, and actually has a chance to meet one, two, three families before she makes up her mind who she feels comfortable that'll be the right family for her adoption. And there is no shame. Right. And there's a lot of empowerment with this. Well, what is the concept of future contact about? I think there could be some fear around that. I mean, if I'm a mom or dad who's adopting a kid and uh, it's an open adoption, does that mean they can take the baby away sometime in the future? That is not the case. Open adoption allows for future contact. Many families, you're right, are very comfortable with contact during the pregnancy. It is a honor to be asked to go to uh, doctor's appointments, to be at the delivery in the hospital room, in the delivery room, to be part of the life of a birth mom during pregnancy. However, many, many of the couples who come to me to adopt say, well, that's okay, but I want to be the parent once the child is placed in my home. What future contact does is good for the child as well as the birth mom and adoptive parents. What we really want is that child to know who he or she is, to not have any shame about being placed for adoption, to feel that adoption from the moment they are born, adopting parents tell them this we are so proud. We are so happy. We could adopt you. Adoption is a word of love, of pride, not the old shame that used to exist. And by future contact, we mean a variety of things. It is not co-parenting. What it is is having letters, pictures, maybe a website, and for some families, visits, one or two a year. But the thing that I've learned having read about you and your practice is that it's just about as different as the people are different with whom you work. I mean, it really is a matter of the birth mother, the birth father, and um, the adopting parents who make the decisions around all this. Absolutely. Not every birth mother wants the same amount of contact. Some really want to just have time to recuperate and feel their loss and grief and then when they're ready, perhaps open the door, maybe a picture or two a year. Some birth parents and adoptive parents really want to feel part of an extended family, but it's not co-parenting. What it is like being an aunt, a relative who you see a couple of times a year. Children, too, know the difference between a birth mom in whose tummy they grew and their parents, the mom and dad who get up in the middle of the night, take them for the first day of nursery school, pick them up when they fall and put on the Band-Aid. Those are parents. And I think it's so healthy not to have this mystery around it for a variety of reasons, like even the medical reasons of knowing uh, what your biological parents' genetics were, for example, in case there's something going on in the family that you need to know about as you're growing older and maybe wanting to have your own children. I think right from birth, Uh, It is so important for an adoptive family to have the family history of the birth parents because there could be either asthma, 
um, allergies, all sorts of things that you could be helpful to a parent if you know it it is a possibility and pick it up right away. I just love the fact, and I think this is hopefully where we're moving in in many aspects of our society, that it's less secretive, less mysterious. Uh, you know, when we get the facts out there in the open, it just gets away with all of, does away with all of that mystery that uh, can cause so many problems in the future. What are the steps potential adoptive parents take to do an infant adoption? Well, first I'd like to go back a step. I think so many parents um, go through infertility treatments before they come to the choice of adoption. And there is a very um, important part of letting go of this only being a biological child and for the first time opening up your heart to a child who is biologically not related to you. And what people always ask, will I love this child the same way as my biological child? And the answer, as soon as you hold that child, is yes. So what do you do to get to that state? Well, you start with a consult. In our office, we do a two-hour consult. And uh, we want to walk somebody through who's new to adoption through the whole process so that there's not a mystery of how the steps are done. What are the steps an expectant mother should take if she considers placing her child up for adoption? I think most important, the mom really needs to think about this as the right choice and check the best. I always suggest when somebody calls me, and I have moms who call me six weeks pregnant or from the hospital. I would prefer somebody who's about six months pregnant, who has maybe gone through the two trimesters and is ready to come to terms with whether she can place or keep. One of the things we ask a mom to do, and we cover the cost, is have a counseling session. Very smart. Because with a trained adoption therapist, so that they can think through the issues before they make a commitment even though they might have the intent to place, to make sure emotionally this is something they can do. Well, Susan, let's put it out there. What's your phone number in San Francisco? Area code 415-643-4523. Adams and Romer Law Offices of... 415-643-4523. And if you like the story as much as I do, you're going to want to go to their website because they've got stories of parents there, success stories. What's your website? www.susanromer.com. How old are your arteries? This is David from Apple Health Foods. Mark your calendar Saturday, June 28th. We have our CardioVision BioClip Plus screenings. You get two screenings that talk about the health of your arteries. You get a consult. It takes an hour, and the whole thing is only $50, but you have to make an appointment. Call 877-APPLE-HF. That's 877-277-5343, Saturday, June 28th. technology. Stephen Halpern's Grammy-nominated Deep Alpha can enhance your meditations, reduce stress, 
and support healing just by listening. Available at iTunes, Amazon, and at stephenhalpern.com. Welcome back. This is Bonnie Colleen, and I'm fascinated by our topic today, open adoption. And by the way, if you're considering adoption as a way to grow your family, or if you know someone who is pregnant and considering placing a baby in a loving home, open adoption, you know, it just may be the right choice for you. So you can reach our guest, Susan Romer, at her office. They do have an 800 number. It's 800-823-6788, 800-823-6788. We'll put that there on the homepage of our website. But if you want something really easy to remember, and I think this is important, it's 800-YOU-ADOPT-US.COM. That's 1-800-YOU-ADOPT-US the letter U, adoptus.com. Susan, before we bring Rose Angela onto the airwaves, the birth mother that we've been promising, I, I would just imagine that this job you have is more than a job, that it's something that is so heartwarming. W- what's the best part of it for you? Well, it has become a passion. I started as a lawyer um, doing divorce. I, want, I was interested in family law, but I started with divorce and custody a lot of custody mediation, and I just always felt so sad because families were taken apart. But once I started doing adoption, the best, best part was that I could put and help put families together. And there's a whole different feeling about feeling good about what you do with your time. So I was thrilled to be able to no longer do divorce, and now I only do adoption. And just seeing these families at our Halloween party, enjoying them, uh, watching them go to their second adoption, third adoption, uh, with such pleasure, that has made me uh, feel really good about my practice. I would just imagine that. And I want you to kind of co-host this segment with me. Why don't you introduce the birth mother that you've brought into the studio? Rosangela Branca is um, a postpartum doula, which I will let her explain. And she is a birth mom who placed her daughter almost 10 years ago, and has a very, very open adoption. She's also on the board of On Your Feet Foundation Foundation and um, is a very, very active member in helping birth moms connect with each other, which we'll talk about later. Well, I'm so glad to have you here today, Rosangela. And the fact that you placed your baby, gosh, it was about 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Isabella, that's her name? Yes. So she's 10 years old now? 10 years old. Okay, so that's so wonderful. And um, I guess you were kind of one of the pioneers in doing an open adoption. I say so many times in this program, the, te- the story is the greatest teacher. Would you mind telling us your story? How did this all happen for you? Well, I was a single mom. I had Gabby and Julie, seven and eight years old, and I got myself pregnant. And um, I decided to give something better to Isabella because the birth father wasn't going to be around. And I said, I want to give her a home, and I want her to have her parents. And I consider adoption a strong thing to do. Mm -hmm. So I set up my mind. I went to Yellow Page. I looked for the right place to, to do everything legal, and I went on with my decision. And um, adoption became my passion. I, I, I knew that this was the best choice for her. 
it wasn't the best choice for me as a birth mom. You know, part of you wants to keep the baby. Of course. But I want to give her the best. And I knew the best was somewhere else. And I had to trust that I was going to find great a great couple to adopt her, which I did. So what happened next? I mean, you, you decided on open adoption. Let's, let's start with that. How was that for you? Well, first I had to think about the baby. I mm-hmm. said, what do I want for the baby? I said, I want adoption. I want to do the right thing, so I have to find a place, uh, a right connection to find the couple. I don't want to just go to uh, any crazy place where people are not professional. I want professionals to do everything legal. So I took an, a look in the yellow page, and I found a great organization that would do that. Um, after that, we have a lot of talk to do because I was very early. I was uh, only two months pregnant. Mm-hmm. But I put on my mind that that was something I was going to do. I suffer a lot of pressure during my pregnancy. And to change my mind, people want, really want to ch- change my mind. And I said, no, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for her. And this is going to be done no matter what. And then Susan told me that you actually became the nanny for your baby? Yes. That's a wonderful part, which is not very usual. No. But uh, when she was two years old, uh, I as a nanny, I was a nanny back in that time, and I used to have sometimes a uh, play date with Isabella. Her mom was so open and nice to allow us to do that. So I would bring the kids from my job to work with Isabella. And I think her mom was watching me. Uh-huh. And maybe she thought, well, you know, maybe as a birth mom, she can handle Isabella sometimes better than me because <laughs> she's a full-hand child. Um, and then um, they proposed to me to work once a week. And it was wonderful. When I told my mom, my mom said, you're not going to charge them. I said, oh, mom, this is my job. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> we know, Susan, you and I were talking earlier about how things have changed so much. I mean, that just wouldn't have happened 30 or 40 years ago. And you were saying as we were getting ready for this program that it took a lot of trust on the adoptive mothers side to have this kind of an open adoption. So many parents adopting are so worried that the birth parents will take back the child, want to raise the child, will not want the contact that they even promised. Once they have that child and feel secure and realize that this child is biologically connected with these parents, there's a whole different attitude and a relaxation that they realize that this was a gift that they have gotten from parents biological parents. And so they begin to trust their instincts also as they become more competent as parents. And as I think I might have mentioned before, children, girls by three, boys it seems to take till five, uh, get the difference between a biological parent and a parent. They know the difference. Rose Angela, why do birth moms particularly need organization, say like a Uh, you know, Susan Romer's legal firm, um, when they're considering this? I mean, besides the financial support, why else might they need to go through somebody who really can help them through this process? Well, we need need the emotional support. There's no other organization or association. There's nothing towards birth mom to give them support after adoption. And you have to understand that birth moms are very much judged by our society. People, some people want to in order for someone to adopt a child, someone will have to place that child for adoption. You need a birth mom. So, but a lot of people don't understand that. And, and birth moms are judged because people think that 
placing a child for adoption is a way, easy way out. That she can just get get rid of the baby, and that's not what we do. A birth mom loves that child enough to give her the best. You know, there are some of us who feel that you can't have too many people loving you. <laughs> now, you are a postpartum doula. I got to tell you, before I met you, I had no idea what that is. What is tell our listeners what that is. Postpartum doula is um, my job. Is I go I go to the family's house when they come home from the hospital, and I'll take care of mommy and baby. Some postpartum doula will work during the day, just meeting any need mom has, maybe cooking, cleaning, taking care of, mainly taking Which care of Which I would have had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. A postpartum doula provides physical and emotional support for mommy and baby. My job is working at night, so I work with a technique to help babies sleep through the night, applying the technique day one. And see, watch the baby for the baby responds to that. But usually we have success about 10 weeks old, babies sleeping at least a good chunk of six or eight hours per night. And now look at you and how successful your life has become. Do you still have a relationship with your bio daughter, Isabella? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I am very lucky and blessed to uh, have chosen this couple. And Isabella knows I'm her birth mother. She knows they use the terminologies since the beginning, birth mother, birth parent, uh, adoption. So Isabella is familiar with all the terminology, but she knows that her family is her mom and her daddy who who are raising her. She was never confused about this birth mom. You know, if you just tell kids the truth, they can accept it. They get it. They can work with it. They can, you know, it it becomes their life. And I'm so, again, I just want to say, I think this is so much better than the old mystery and so much of the shame that surrounded adoption in the past. Now, Susan, we just have a couple of minutes before we need to take our first break. And when we come back for our last segment of Seeing Beyond today, we're going to be going into more detail about this. But talk a little bit about your foundation and why you have asked uh, Rosangela to be on the board of directors. Well, I started the foundation called On Your Feet Foundation because I realized through 17 years of practice and my partner, Uh, Philip Adams was in practice for 59 years before he passed away at age 92, uh, that although we had services during the pregnancy for moms, we could help them financially with some living expenses. They were given counseling. They got medical care. But after placement and after they go home uh, empty-handed from the hospital, there are very few ways to connect with a community, and they, as Rosangela said, often have been judged by family, by friends, by their church or synagogue as doing something not good. So we have formed the foundation to help moms get on their feet, both emotionally and to be able to support themselves, because many women pay uh, place a child because they can't afford to raise the child and want more for that child, as Rosangela said, than they can give them. And I also felt personally, I have had the most wonderful career and been so lucky that I found the right niche uh, in the law field because many lawyers are not satisfied. Uh, Right. So I was so fortunate all these years to have the kind of practice I did that how do you pay back a society for a pleasure and a passion and a way of working that gave meaning to my life, how do you give back in turn? And so um, as I watched, it seemed like the best need that I could help 
begin was to help birth moms get going. We've got a minute. What is your perspective of On Your Feet? Why did you decide to donate your time to this, Rose Angela? Adoption is my passion, and I had the I, I felt the need to continue educating people, so we can see more successful adoption, and also to give support to birth moms because I I didn't have any link. Where are they? Birth moms disappear after they place a child for adoption. Mm-hmm. We don't know where they are. And I, I want to see them. I want to be with them. I want to give them support. I want to let them know that they did the right thing. Um, usually their environment will not let them know, but on your feet will. Well, how many times have I said on the air, you don't have to do it, no matter what it is, alone. You don't have to do it. So thank you for that. And Susan, do you have a URL for your foundation so people can find out more about that, a website address? www.susanromer.com. S-U-S-A-N-R-O-M-E-R dot com, or if it's easier to remember, www one eight hundred capital U capital A D O P T capital U S dot com. All righty, and the number again for Susan Romer in San Francisco. She also has an office in Santa Rosa four one five six four three four five two three four one five six four three four five two three. Rosangela, thank you so much for having been here. What a story. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to be bringing on a mom and dad who just got a little adopted baby and just 18 months ago. Can't wait to hear from them. That's next right here on Seeing Beyond. technology. Stephen Halpern's Grammy-nominated Deep Alpha can enhance your meditations, reduce stress, and support healing just by listening. Available at iTunes, Amazon, and at stephenhalpern.com. How old are your arteries? This is David from Apple Health Foods. Mark your calendar Saturday, June 28th. We have our CardioVision BioClip Plus screenings. You get two screenings that talk about the health of your arteries. You get a consult. It takes an hour, and the whole thing is only $50, but you have to make an appointment. Call 877-APPLE-HF. That's 877-277-5343, Saturday, June 28th. Welcome back. This is such a fun program because we're getting so many different perspectives. I mean, we've had the perspective on open adoption from Susan Romer, who is an attorney. She's been doing this work for many, many years. She moved from being a divorce attorney, oh, not very happy with that, to helping families come together. And then, of course, we heard from Rosangela, who is a birth mom who 
over and over again said she placed her baby because she knew it was the best for the baby and she has a very wonderful relationship with her bio daughter and with the adoptive parents and now we've got jennifer katz and stephen decker here with us and they've got big smiles on their faces because guess what they adopted their little daughter pearl i love that name pearl at uh, oh gosh, it was about 18 months ago. Her birthday is February 28th, and she was born February 28th, 2008. Well, let's bring you in first of all, Stephen. Um, tell the story. I'm not even going to ask you questions first of all because I haven't met you before. I've seen your brochure. I've seen your website, which, of course, the people who work with Susan do so that the adopt the bio uh, mother can find out more about you before she meets you. Tell your story. How did you and Jennifer come to decide on adopting? Thank you. Mm, um, you're welcome. Jennifer and I decided on adopting. We, uh, as a couple, ran it, had some fertility issues, and we both decided that adoption was the, the path for us. I was adopted by my uh, maternal grandparents, and Jennifer was adopted by her father. So it seemed like a natural thing for us. Uh, going into the process, in retrospect, we knew very little about the current state of affairs for adoption in this country. Sure has changed, hasn't it? Significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was adopted. It was basically a closed adoption in, of sorts, even though it was my maternal grandparents. But I still, to this day, don't know much or anything about my biological father. Does that bother you? Not at all. Not at all. But it it showed me some ways that we could do better and, mm-hmm. and to help because there are questions that you're have and you're curious about, particularly growing up, and also as you reach the child-rearing age uh, that you think about. Um, so adoption for us was a natural natural path. Um, we explored a variety of different options initially to kind of educate ourselves to international adoption. We met with Susan Romer, and, and that was really what introduced us to the, the practice and the principle of open adoption. And then after, you know, some soul-searching and dis- discussion and going through the the prerequisites in terms of like physical requirements and things, home studies, trainings, we we decided that open adoption was for us. Well, I got to ask you, Jennifer, um, why did you decide on open adoption specifically and how's it worked out for you too? Well, I think we kind of have a Cinderella story with our open adoption. Um, We chose open adoption over, well, there very rarely are closed adoptions anymore, which was something we had no idea about. And we chose the domestic adoption because for us it was important to have um, birth histories, maternal, maybe paternal birth histories, and to also bring a child home from the hospital and have a newborn. Mm -hmm. So for us, that was um, the big deciding factors. Um, We also, when our daughter asks us, you know, why we'll have some answers and not only from us, but from the birth parents, they can tell her themselves why and that how much love went into the decision for the adoption. How is it with the bio mother? Does she see Pearl a lot? Does she see you? Is she a big part of your lives? So the biological mother at this point has chosen to focus her time and energy on graduating college. She's the first one in her family to go to college. And she has just recently moved out of her family's home and she's working two jobs. So her energies right now are on school and getting her life back to where she 
wants it to be and, and getting some um, goals set for her. So she has said that until she can be a constant figure in our daughter's life, that she didn't want to be in and out of the picture. So she knows that the door is open on our end. What about the dad? The birth father has been quite active. Um, on the night that Pearl was born, we met his extended family. And subsequent to that, they've been considerably involved uh, through giving gifts, through multiple visitations, uh, cards, letters, some beautiful, beautiful like handmade items. Um, and we've developed a really good relationship with them. The birth father's, um, the birth grandmother, the birth father's mother is similar in age to us. And we, we've developed a really great relationship with her. And, and I think we probably interact more frequently with her than anyone. Well, I had an adopted grandma and she was one of my very favorites. So uh, what do I say on the program? In fact, I said it when Susan Romer was in here. You can't have too many people who love you. That's my opinion anyway. But, you know, there might be some people out there who are listening who are still a little bit nervous about open adoption because it's not, it wasn't available when I was in high school and college back in the day. So what about it, Jennifer? I mean, are you and or Steve uh, nervous that the birth parents might want to come back and become too involved in your lives and maybe get to, too nosy or too overbearing? So certainly in theory, before I knew what I know now about open adoption, yes, all of those things scared us. Um, but now that I know what open adoption is, and we hear all of these terms, birth mother, birth father, but those are actually people. And as we were on our way to meet our birth mother, as soon as we met her, we realized, gosh, she's a person. And it changed everything. And realizing that our role is the parent. It's not a co-parenting situation. And we are the parent. They, on both sides, defer to us as our daughter's parents and um, what their roles are. But there is some, especially at the beginning, you know, defining and learning and defining who is what and what roles there are. But that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do the program to educate people about um, and dispel any myths that it's not a co-parenting so it's safe. Absolutely. Absolutely safe. She can't come back and get the child. The grandmother can't come back and get the child. The bio father can't come back and get the child. Pearl no. is yours. Pearl is our daughter, and under no circumstances could any court, any anyone. She's our daughter. I love that. Okay. Now, do you have any advice for people out there listening right now um, or their families who might just be starting the process of adoption, who want to adopt? Any any. Uh, suggestions you've got for him, Steve? Absolutely. Um, be open and and try and get multiple opinions on things. The, the thing that was the most, it's a unique process where we learned as we educated ourselves in adoption, you can, there, there's set things that you do, and but they're big block diagrams. They're not down to the fine details that you just go and cross things off a list. Every Everyone's process runs a little differently. And I think the more information and the more opinions you have on how people, experiences people have with adoption, the better off and better educated you're going to be. And to help you, that'll help you through the process, uh, how to anticipate certain things, how to deal with things. Um, you know, 
the communication aspect and, and just opening your horizons that way. And there are various routes you can take with adoption. You can go through an agency, for example. I mean, I haven't studied it, but I know there's more than one uh, avenue. Why did you pick uh, Romer's office, Susan Romer's office? Why did you decide to work with an attorney? We decided to, we met with multiple attorneys and um, agencies. We, for us personally, working with Susan's office, we, in an already scary, unknown um, time, she and her office, it was the expertise and just having somebody there as our birth mother was approaching labor. We were in constant communication with Susan. We knew exactly what was going to happen. We felt as though we were just in excellent hands. So she's a real coach and you can tell from having heard her in the very beginning that this is her passion. There, Yes, there's just this real personal quality about it too where she it felt like she put her heart and soul into every every client that she had every potential birth family and, and every potential adoptive family i remember times uh, a time where i had had a discussion with the birth father prior to the birth of pearl and after it i had some questions and i went to susan's office and sat down and and had her and multiple staff members sit down with me and discuss various options and share their experiences so it was just this personal touch along with a, a, a an excellent and degree of experience we've got one minute it's way too short for this but would one of you please talk to a birth mother who might be listening out there right now who is wondering about putting her baby up for open adoption what would you say as a mom or a dad about the opportunity that that person is giving this brand new life right wow that's a that's a lot to ask i would say if you that there's families out there that will love your child and will honor their words to you. I know um, you can only say so much, but until the time comes where you have to raise that child, and it's just an opportunity where everybody can win, where the birth parents or birth mother can win, the child, you might not be ready right now, and the adoptive parents, and it can really be a healthy, happy relationship for everybody involved. Again, I say you can't have too many people loving you. Susan Romer's office, she's got one in San Francisco, one in Santa Rosa, the number 415-643-4523. Her email, uh, her web address is Susan Romer, that's Susan, R-O-M-E-R.com. Of course, all that information is right there on the homepage of our website, YouTube were great. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we've got a couple who haven't gotten their baby yet. We're going to be talking with them as we continue to see beyond. How old are your arteries? This is David from Apple Health Foods. Mark your calendar. Saturday, June 28th, we have our CardioVision BioClip Plus screenings. You get two screenings that talk about the health of your arteries. You get a consult. It takes an hour, and the whole thing is only $50, but you have to make an appointment. Call 877-APPLE-HF. That's 877-277-5343. Saturday, June 28th.
music and brainwave entrainment is a new form of spiritual technology. Stephen Halpern's Grammy-nominated Deep Alpha can enhance your meditations, reduce stress, and support healing just by listening. Available at iTunes, Amazon, and at stephenhalpern.com. Welcome back. I'm Bonnie Colleen. It's so much fun to have such a variety of folks talking about the same topic, and that's the fact that we can't have too many people love us, that adoption has changed immeasurably since when I was in high school and college, and how open adoption is so well accepted now. It's so great to have with us Michelle and Bob McKenna. They are parents who want a baby. And they don't even care if it's a boy or a girl. They want a healthy baby. They already have a bio son named Brody. Let's start with you, Bob. I guess you could start any place with the story you wanted, but uh, how is it that you and Michelle came to the decision that you wanted to have an adoption and an open adoption? Well, good morning, Bonnie. Thanks for having us. Sure. Um, well, we, uh, as you mentioned, we have a son, Brody. He's three years old. Um, he was born to us uh, in 2006, but we went through a lot to get him. Um, we had some fertility issues that we had to work through, and, and it's quite a, a miracle that he's here today. And uh, we've worked real hard to have a second child. We wanted to grow our family uh, and have siblings together, um, and we just weren't successful. And so we, we Michelle has uh, two adopted uh, siblings, and we've seen how great that's worked out in her family, and we started to explore adoption. And uh, we ended up uh, doing a lot of uh, investigation, speaking to a lot of um, adoptive parents and prospective adoptive parents, and looked at a lot of different uh, facilitators and agencies and uh, attorneys and firms and people that are involved in it, educated ourselves as best we could, and ended up uh, hooking up with Susan's office about what? Three months ago. Three months ago. And I know, having read bios on you, too, that you are an attorney, Bob, so obviously Mm -hmm. you know how to check these things out. And that is one of the big things about open adoption is how safe is it? You know, I mean, how protected are you? So we're going to come back to you in just a moment and talk with you a little bit about that. Michelle, um, gosh, adopting a baby, how is it that you decided on open adoption? Does that feel safe to you? I mean, not from a legal standpoint, but from a heart standpoint. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the main reason Bob and I decided on an open adoption is that we feel it is in the best interest of the child. It gives the child an opportunity to have a connection with the birth mother, the birth father, and the birth family. And it also gives the birth family an opportunity to have that connection with their offspring, with their child. So it takes some of the mystery out of it for um, the extended family and for that child, and it allows them to be more loved by additional family members. So I, I think what's key is to not see it as a threat or scary, but just see it as another opportunity for um, for them to have um, more loved ones in their lives. I think the other piece is that we've got some very close friends that were adopted at birth, and from their standpoint, they always felt like they would have benefited growing up knowing a little bit more about their background. 
you know, their heritage, their birth parents' story, and um, I think that was helpful to us to say, if we have the opportunity to make that connection, let's make it. How safe is it, Bob? I mean, you're an attorney. I know you would probably, knowing attorneys as I do, you probably uh, cross the T's and dot the I's. Well, first, let me say, I I went into, the, I mean, we didn't expect to be taking this path. And, and, and as I said, uh, you know, up until about six months, eight months ago, we really, I, I really knew very little about it, to be honest with you. I kind of assumed there were lots of babies lined up that you could just, you know, you, could, you, yeah, you could pick one. Exactly. Um but I think uh, you know, as you as you come to it, and, and open adoption was completely foreign to me. Um, I've always the people I've known that have been adopted, they they had had closed adoptions. It's just kind of the way it was done. And as we got involved in it, we realized that this was the new tr- trend and what was going on, and it seemed to make a lot of sense. We read some literature, we talked to a lot of people who had done adoptions, and they just found it to be a wonderful part of their lives. And as Michelle had mentioned, we talked to people who had been adopted and felt there was a a certain part of their life that they felt was missing and not having that connection to their birth parents. So to, answer, to say that, yes. So I went in kind of naive about it. And I think from a legal standpoint, I think I, I, I will defer as any good lawyer would to the expert, which is Susan in her office. And that's one of the reasons we retained her. I mean, obviously, if someone's gone through the effort to identify you as the, the, the adoptive parents and you've made that connection before the birth has even happened and you've both considered all the ramifications on it and you've also looking forward to where you're going to go. I think you, as you would with meeting any other people, you're going to develop a relationship, a, a very trusting and the sacred trust in the placement of a child. So I think from that standpoint, I don't fear it in any way, shape or form. From a legal standpoint, I mean, I, I, I think that the law is very clear. We had a birth mom in here, Rose Angela, and you could just tell what a heartfelt decision it was for her to place her baby and how she still has connections, strong connections with Isabella after 10 years. Michelle, we got just a minute left. Why did you and Bob, of all the places to go and even all the attorneys and everything else, and I know you really investigated this, why mm-hmm. did you pick Susan Romer in her office? So I think with Susan you really get the whole package. You have the legal aspects, of course, but you also have um, some real effective and supportive um, education, counseling, social worker type um, interaction with both, you know, us, the prospective adoptive parents, but also with the birth parents, the birth mother, um, where, you know, this is a monumental decision that should not be entered lightly. So she and her team do, and she's got a fabulous team, they do a wonderful job of educating, conversing with both the adoptive parents as well as the birth mother. And and really, in addition to that, meeting with Susan, I really felt she had her heart in, in the business. Oh, we could tell that too as we were talking with her. What about Brody? How does he feel about all this? We've been a little bit delicate in talking to him about it just because we don't want to um, build up his hopes too much, but he's excited about having a brother or sister. Well, and he's got tons of cousins, you told me, so he's used to having lots of people around and uh, plays well with them and is going to have a great time. He'll love it. Now, you guys, it's it's interesting because when people work with Susan, she has you do a brochure, she has you do your own website, and we'll put this up on our website, too. It's Michelle with two L's, Michelle and Bob adopt.com. So if you want to find out what they look like, find out more about them, find out about Brody, it's Michelle and Bob adopt. 
com. And if you want to talk with Susan Romer, if you are a bio mom who's thinking about adoption, open adoption, you want to have a heartfelt attorney to work with. If you are somebody who's looking to adopt, Susan Romer is in San Francisco. She's also got an office in Santa Rosa. Her number in San Francisco, 415-643-4523. That's 415-643-4523. Her website is susanromer.com. That's Susan R-O-M-E-R dot com. And, of course, all that information is right there on the homepage of our Seeing Beyond website. We've got more. Stay with us as we continue to see beyond. How old are your arteries? This is David from Apple Health Foods. Mark your calendar. Saturday, June 28th, we have our CardioVision BioClip Plus screenings. You get two screenings that talk about the health of your arteries. You get a consult. It takes an hour, and the whole thing is only $50, but you have to make an appointment. Call 877-APPLE-HF. That's 877-277-5343. Saturday, June 28th. Halpern's Grammy-nominated Deep Alpha can enhance your meditations, reduce stress, and support healing just by listening. Available at iTunes, Amazon, and at stephenhalpern.com. program we're having so informative and inspirational and i want to go back to susan romer now we started with her she is an attorney who gave up at practicing law with people who are divorcing and breaking up families in order to help people who are seeking open adoption both the bio moms as well as the parents wanting to adopt it's really as you can tell susan romer's passion so if you want to get in touch with her number in San Francisco, and she also has an office in Santa Rosa, 415-643-4523, 415-643-4523. Well, Susan, you, um, you're you a woman of passion. You like doing what you're passionate about, and so you started a foundation, On Your Feet Foundation. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I have to take off my Adams and Romer hat. Okay. Because the foundation On Your Feet, is, although I founded it, It is a community-wide foundation. All the lawyers, the agencies, adopting parents, birth parents, and grandparents and friends of adoption are involved. So now I'm going to put on my on-your-feet hat and wear that while we talk, if that's okay, Bonnie. That's absolutely fine. And you already answered this question uh, in the very beginning, but for people who've just tuned in, what's the purpose of On-Your-Feet Foundation? The purpose of the foundation is twofold, coming out of the need for 
birth parents who, after placement, have not had support. And so one need is social, to meet other women like themselves who've placed a child for adoption. Many of the mothers have never, never met another woman who had placed before. And so there is that sense of social community. The next aspect, and sort of where I started, was that I saw that many moms after placement still did not get on their feet financially to be able to take care of themselves and their family. So how do you do that? And that was a big concern of mine. And having, in my other life, having been an educator, I realized what is the tool to be able to take care of yourself, especially for women and for many single women, is to get a vocation, an education that lets you take care of yourself and your family financially. So there are those two prongs involved in On Your Feet as part of the mission. They're both so important, but I think it is really important. As you said earlier, Rosangela, Rosangela is here as a birth mom who placed her baby uh, 10 years ago and still sees Isabella all the time and has a great relationship with her. And as uh, Rosangela was saying earlier, um, she felt so alone, and this is a place where moms who have placed their babies can get together and be a support to each other. I think that is so important. It's another one of my theme songs here on this radio program that we don't have to do it alone. So how do birth mothers get involved in the On Your Feet Foundation, Susan? Well, the most important and perhaps the most difficult is to reach out to the moms who have placed uh to get them involved. And so we ask their agencies, their lawyers, uh, any facilitator, their adoptive parents that have contact with them and know a current email, phone number, or address to contact them and let them know about the foundation. Once they know about it, we ask them to contact the On Your Feet office, and we will send out a short application. Once they return the application to us, A wonderful process begins. We have a mentor coach system, which means that a good friend, a person with knowledge, can work one-on-one with each mother because we assign a mentor coach to each birth mom who does apply to the foundation. And are these moms applying before they give birth, after they give birth? Thank you, Bonnie. The most important thing with that is it is only after birth and placement and usually even after the adoption has been finalized. It is not a carrot for placing a child for adoption because grants are really 500 to 2,500 to help them begin to go back to school, uh, vocational school, uh, college, so that they begin to have a passion for the work they want to do and to have a way to earn a living. And so it is very important that they have reached some point of feeling stable enough to go back to school. And these mentor coaches will help with them, discuss with them, guide them on how you go about that process. Or vocational training, uh, job search, it's not only school, but to begin to look at themselves as women who will be able to take care of themselves. So important. Rosangela, what kind of activities do you have for the birth mothers and uh, the birth mothers who want social contact? And, of course, you're on the board of On Your Feet Foundation, so you're a great person to ask about this. (laughs) We do have picnics, brunches, and overnight retreat. We had one in June, and it was uh, two nights retreat. We had massage, makeover, uh, circle time, where we cry together, we laugh together, we bond. Uh, cook together, and we saw, we saw great results. 
we just some birth mothers we invite them over and they say well i don't want to talk about anything personal we said okay just come over and watch everything within 15 minutes we're just crying together and she's sharing everything that's how comfortable we are among each other so we do have a lot of social events it is so important that when we're going through things in life i mean that's one thing that people can be going through in life but there are a whole bunch of other things we need a support group it is just essential we need some kind of a community i said to my mother one time she, she was always saying you know without family you're nothing And I said, well, Mother, what if you don't have a family? She says, well, you better go out and find one. (laughs) So true, right? All right, so back to On Your Feet Foundation. How do you raise money for the foundation, Susan, especially in these um, kind of stretchy economic times? Very, very difficult. And what we do is, of course, look to uh, the community and generally the adoption community, people who know about adoption and open adoption and know the real story of the birth moms, as we hope we've shared with, with you today. And we have had many generous uh, individual donors. We have also been very blessed by foundations giving us um, a donation because they themselves understand the mission that the foundation has to, to help these women go back to school and earn a living. Um, we are hoping to do more and more in outreach in the general community to make people aware. And we have coming up, if I may advertise, we have a wonderful second annual gala called Wine and Wishes, where we, and it's on uh, Sunday, October 4th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the St. Francis Yacht Club, where we, that is our big fundraiser for people to come to meet with uh, the adoption community to hear from the birth moms themselves, their story, and how On Your Feet has helped them. Uh, we are we host all the birth moms who are involved. We ask others to um, join with us and help support the foundation. And it's just a wonderful event. Um, and last year, our first annual, which we planned in about six weeks, uh, was tremendous, and people were. Sh- surprised how much could be done in such a short time. Well, I'm going to be there, and I can't hardly wait. So again, it's October 4th. That's a Sunday, 4 to 6 at beautiful place, St. Francis Yacht Club. How can people get tickets or find more about it? Go on our website, www.onyourfeetca.org. CA is California. On your feet, CA.org. Well, we're going to have lots of URLs and contact information for Susan Romer and the great work that she's doing right there on the homepage of our website. To call her in San Francisco, her number is 415-643-4523. That's 415-643-4523. What a program. Thanks so much for having been here, Susan, you too, Rosangela, and all of the other people who helped to share their stories. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. I'm Bonnie Colleen. And you are seeing beyond.